Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello to you today. So glad you're listening to this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show. Today, we are looking at some Bible verses that are going to encourage us in our praying, in our praying. You know, prayer is such a key part of our walk with the Lord, of our sanctification, of our discipleship process. I've heard it said that prayer is like the language of heaven for us while we are in the right now. And by the right now, I mean while we live here on this earth, while we live on planet earth and we await eternity. We're not with the Lord in paradise, in heaven yet. We're not there yet. But prayer is how we talk to God, right? It's kind of our language for right now, our way of communicating with our God. And in our prayer time, we want to make sure, we really do, I mean, hopefully you already do this, we want to make sure that we are also still before the Lord, that we still inquire ourselves like a little child is what it says in the Psalms, and listen to the Lord. And it's in that listening and that quieting of ourselves and that stillness that we really show the Lord that we trust Him. And that's what communication is. If I'm talking to you and then I don't want to hear a response from you, I'm not sure I fully trust you. So make sure that you um, keep it as a, as a language, like a communication where you speak and God speaks. God's absolutely going to speak to us from his word. So get in his word every day. His Holy Spirit is absolutely going to lead and guide us because he is our counselor. That's what the word of God says. So listen to the Holy Spirit's leading. Obey when he prompts you and uh, make sure that you make room to be willing to listen, like don't quench the spirit. And then we want to be sure that we're, um, when we read our Bible, that we have kind of a heart posture, if you will, that listens to what the word of God has to say. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And in your prayer time, be sure to listen for what the Lord might say back to you. Jesus said that his sheep would know his voice and the voice of another they would not follow. And you can read about that in John chapter 10. So this passage indicates that God intends to speak to us, because if he's never going to speak to us, then how are we going to know his voice and hear him and obey him and follow him? When he calls us, how are we going to know that that's him speaking if he doesn't speak to us? God still speaks to us. So we need to be good at listening. And really the way to get good at listening is just to simply close your mouth, open your ears and listen. So as we dig into some verses today, I really hope that they will bless you and encourage you in your prayer life. Our God is a prayer answering God, and that is something to get excited about. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 113. So the first verse I want to share with you today is from the Old Testament book of Nahum. I think I'm saying that right. Is it Nahum? I think it's Nahum. Send me a message, text me, do something, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it's Nahum, N-A-H-U-M. It's a small book in the Old Testament. Chapter 1, verse 7. And I'm going to read from the NLT, the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. 
The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. So the first thing I notice here is the statement, not the question, the statement, the stated fact that the Lord is good, is, is. That's present tense. He is good today, right now. Whatever may be going on in your life, whatever may be going on in the world, like as a whole in its entirety, God is good. Don't forget that. He never ceases to be good. He can't stop being good. This verse says the Lord is good. He is always good. Once he is something, he doesn't like unbecome that thing because that's not how it works with our God. He is who he is. It's not like God is love. That means he is love. It doesn't mean he's loving sometimes. God is good. He is good. He's not once in a while good and then once in a while not good. No, no, no. He is good. He never ceases to be good in the right now present moments of your life. And he will not stop being good ever, ever. So you don't have to worry that sometime in your future, he's going to stop being good to you. No, his goodness toward you can't stop because it is, is, is right now true. Present tense verbs are a beautiful thing, my friend. Okay. So since we because, and since we because, that made a lot of sense. And because we know he is good, we can believe this verse when it promises that he is a strong refuge when trouble comes, strong and that he is close to those who trust in him. He is a strong refuge when trouble comes, and he is close to those who trust in him. Look, if you tell me point blank that God is closer to those who trust in him, then I'm going to want to be close to him, as close to him as I can possibly get. Like if you were to say to me, Jan, if you will be close to him, man, he's so close to you in those moments. Yeah, you know what? God doesn't really move away from us per se. We move away from him, but I need to stick close to him if I want to feel his closeness in the like the most maximum, maximized possible way, if you will. If this promise for me and you is that the Lord will be a strong refuge when trouble comes, then what we want to do is know that he is a strong refuge when trouble comes. A, know that, and B, believe that he is a strong refuge when trouble comes and live in the light of that truth when trouble comes into my life. But and instead of being like upset and freaking out a little bit, I'm freaking here, you know, like there's trouble in my life. I can't believe this. How can this happen? I'm a Christian. Well, you live in a fallen world. I live in a fallen world. When it comes, just know that he's our strong refuge. And that propels us to stick closer to him, to trust him more, to love him more, to live out by faith what his word says is promised to us so the watching world and they are watching can see rather than stay in freak out mode and not trust him, right? You you and I, we can't set up or establish or build or create a world without trouble. Trouble is part of life here on earth. It just is. But you know, there's just so much hope in this one verse. And sometimes I just kind of get almost overwhelmed with how much hope, how much promise God puts into just one single verse from the Bible. The Lord is good. And that's so hopeful. He is strong. He's not weak. He's not wimpy. He's not mediocre. He's not hit and miss. He's a strong refuge. He's a place of safety and security and strength and renewal and protection when trouble comes after us. And he's close to those who trust in him. So I want him close to me. So I'm going to trust in him. 
So let's get as close as possible to God and our trust in him should grow. Let's trust him with everything we've got. Let's just do it. Let's go all in. These are interesting days we've been living in. And if we haven't changed as a church, if we haven't, um, I don't want to say adapted because that's not really what we're here for. We're here to be salt and light. If we haven't gotten saltier and brighter and just more light expressing, I guess, if you will, since 2020, what's it going to take for the church to really get excited about God's word and saying, man, we can trust him. If not now, when? If not now, when? Now's the time. So let's trust him with everything we've got. Psalm 33, 18 is the second verse that I'm going to look at today. And I'm going to stick with the New Living Translation for this verse too. And here's what it says. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. So the promise here. It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. And honestly, I love it when God's word is just this like, boom, point blank, you know, like what has God promised? It's right here. He tells us he promises that he watches over those who fear him. He watches over those who rely on his unfailing love, not who know about it, not who believe that God loves them with unfailing love, but who rely on it. Reliance. Think about this as a verb. It's actually doing something, depending on, leaning on, like I'm not going to sit on that chair that that first time woodworking student in um, in woodshop class maybe built that you're like didn't follow the instructions they just came up with their own way to make a chair. Uh, it might look nice. I might go, oh, yeah, that's a that's a chair. It's definitely a chair. I can know it's a chair and still not rely on it by sitting on it because I don't want to sit on a chair that's going to just break underneath of me, right? So what do you rely on during the course of a typical day? That second cup of coffee, oh, it's pretty great, but you don't want to rely on that. Encouragement from your spouse or significant other, that is normal to rely on. It doesn't mean you don't want to be an encouraging spouse or receive that encouragement, but I will tell you this, if that's what you rely on more than Jesus, that's a burden on them that they can't bear. Endorphins after your workout, a wonderful thing, um, but don't rely on them. Don't rely on them. And actually, I don't really know what endorphins are um, I because I've had tachycardia, SVT, pretty much my entire life, as far back as I can remember, I don't have endorphins like that kick in because my body goes into like survival mode because I so quickly go into extreme tachycardia. So um, if you have endorphins, I am so happy for you. I'm tickled pink, but know that there are a handful of people out there in the world, maybe more than a handful who actually never experienced that because of other issues. But isn't that kind of sad? I've heard they're so great. I'm like, I don't know what that is. After a workout, I feel like I'm going to die. And then later learned because you were dying. Ding, ding, ding. Pay attention to (laughs) what your body's telling you, Jan. So if you depend on that second cup of coffee, your spouse for encouragement, if they don't encourage me, I'm not going to be encouraged. I'm going to be down in the dumps all day. Endorphins after a workout. What about this one? Netflix to just space out, not think about anything after a long day. Not saying never turn on the TV, although that's actually not a terrible idea, really, if we're honest. Um, but don't rely on that. A glass of wine, you know, there are moms that are kind of not the old school kind of wino, but they're kind of winos. Like they whine if they don't get their wine. Um, you know, I don't drink. My dad was an alcoholic. And so there's a preface out with that. But, um, and once you have an alcoholic parent, you don't look at things quite the same, if you know what I mean. So from my mom, it was black coffee and a smoke break. She was a smoker and maybe on most days, a soap opera or two. That was her, um, that's what she relied on to get her through. Like she, if she needed a break, it would be, I got to smoke a cigarette and I got to drink a cup of coffee. But raw cookie dough, that's never going to be able to offer us the hope that the Lord does. You know, I know you already know all this stuff, but sometimes it's helpful to say it out loud. You know how it gets kind of worrisome 
when they, whoever they might be, they start saying the quiet part out loud. Do you know what I mean by that? When the quote unquote bad guys, whoever the bad guys are in any given scenario, when they start saying loudly and with boldness and some like, boom, they're throwing down some authority. They're saying what they're going to do, what's going to happen, how things are going to be. And they're saying out loud the part of their plan that's usually just kind of so bad and icky and nasty that's usually only whispered about, you know, when they start saying the quiet part out loud, it's like another devil at another level. You know what I mean? So sometimes when we say things out loud, and I'm, and of course I'm saying the quiet part out loud um, regarding good things, not bad things, but when we say the quiet part out loud, we say the things that we know to be true, but we don't like to say because it isn't always the cleaned up, prettied up, gussied up part of our lives as people who love the Lord. Sometimes when we say the quiet part out loud, we get a little bit bolder. We get a little more confident in what we believe, in what God has promised in his word, in our praying, in our witness for Jesus and sharing what Jesus has done in our life, in our heart, right? Our heart to love others well and to recruit for heaven. I mean, that's kind of what we're here to be doing, right? I mean, have you seen those hoodies? They say, heaven is my home. I'm just here recruiting. I really love that. I absolutely love that. God's word tells me so much about who he is. And since I'm going to spend forever, forever, you know, quote the, quote the movie Sandlot, forever, forever with him, I want to know the Bible as a way to know him well before I make that step and move into eternity. I want to remember that this world is not my permanent home. I am a pilgrim here. I'm on a journey to somewhere else, to my real actual home. And I just want to bring as many people with me as possible. When we say certain things out loud, we refocus. We get bold about the things that matter most because, you know, when you say it out loud, it's not hidden away anymore. If you want to grow your faith, if you want to really start being more passionate and on fire for Jesus, start talking about Jesus out loud more. It's not even the same thing when you type out a post or share a Bible verse on social media. That can be great. I cannot tell you how many times it's been like, share this, share that. I mean, I just have the sense from the Lord, share this or reshare someone else's post. And I will get comments or messages or texts or somebody saying, I, that is exactly what I needed, exactly what I needed. And I'm not saying everything you share is going to be from the Lord, but I'm, I'm actually talking about like encouraging things like Bible verses of promise and things. And where I have that sense that the Holy Spirit is saying right now is the time to share it because he knows when it's going to pop up on their feed. So that's great. And that's wonderful. But you want to grow in your boldness to get excited about telling people about Jesus, about recruiting for heaven, about really seeing God's will be done and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Listen, talk out loud. Start with um, maybe do some prayer time out loud, right? Maybe read your Bible verses as you're reading your daily reading. Read some of it out loud. Recently, I read the entire book of Revelation out loud last fall as recently. Um it, it's, it does something that's not a bad thing. It's a super duper good thing. And then from there, you might start talking more out loud to your kids during family devotion time. Talk out loud. Don't just let your spouse do all the talking, right? I mean, talk about God out loud. I don't mean you speak for God. I don't mean you add to God's word. Don't do any of the things that God's word says to be very careful about and caution us to do. We're not rewriting the Bible here, but you talk about your testimony, because we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. You talk about that, talk about God's word. Man, the things that matter come into focus so clearly when we start talking about the Lord. 
about God's word out loud. People, my friends, people, people matter the most because they live on forever and they're living in one place or the other, in heaven or in hell. If it would help you to get a little bolder in what you probably really want to do anyway, which is not see anybody go to hell, help them to know the Lord that you have come to know. Um, you know, if there's one piece of advice I can give you, it actually really is this. And uh, as this is episode number 113 of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast from a lady who was enormously uncomfortable speaking to people in any way, shape or form. I could write something, but I don't want to speak to people in front of people. None of that. Like, how? Ask me how I know that talking about the Word of God and His promises changes you. Like, I mean, I've had things come into my life and come at me that I never dreamed I can handle as well as I have. Like conflict, people really getting angry about some things that the Word of God says because you're going to run into that. Man, I'm telling you, when you talk about God's Word regularly, you are not nearly as like woo nervous about those things. You can really speak back to people with so much love and compassion for them. It's it's an amazing thing. So ask me how I know this works and why I'm talking so passionately about it today. Uh, my life is living proof and that's my testimony. So I'm sharing it with you and hopefully you will get bolder about just even even start with praying out loud. I'm telling you, just start with praying out loud. So when I was when I say something that maybe sounds like it should be whispered or kept nice and quiet and tucked away, we all have those moments when I decide to speak a little louder for the folks in the back. Maybe that's a good thing, right? Raw cookie dough, the smoke break, red, red wine, Netflix binges, longer and longer vacations. Anybody know somebody who just keeps adding to their vacation? The new boat, the new car, the new cell phone, the new wardrobe, losing 10 pounds, um, gaining 10 pounds of muscle by whatever at the gym, winning that long-standing argument that's been in your craw for years, that really big, nice bonus check, the brand new house. None of those can never be for you what the Lord alone has set himself apart to be. He wants you and he wants me to rely on his unfailing love. And he anchors to this promise. And it's a whopper. It's a whopper of a promise. This promise to, to watch over us. He anchors that he's to it that he's going to watch over us. God watching over you. Think about that. His eyes are on you. He never removes his gaze from you. He does not sleep. He does not slumber. He doesn't get distracted. He's got you. Don't jump past how amazing this promise really is. Rely on him. Rely on him. That other stuff that I mentioned, some of it isn't even bad stuff, but it's not God-sized stuff. There's nothing wrong with encouraging your spouse and them encouraging you. It's very right, but don't rely on it and turn it into something. uh, Don't attach an expectation to it that only God can meet. God will never allow a person to meet those core things inside of you, that place in your heart that only he can meet. He loves you too much for that. You know, that other stuff, it's gravy. It's nice and all. A vacation is gravy. It's nice and everything. A new car is gravy. It's nice, but it's not the meat and potatoes of life. It's gravy. Don't sit around, you know, slugging your way through a mug full of runny, lukewarm gravy when God has prime rib waiting for you. And if you've ever had really good prime rib, you know what I'm talking about here. Like relying on God and walking in this blessing of being watched over at all times and in every situation, that is the good stuff of life. That's the good stuff. And as you pray, rely on the Lord. Take your burdens to him in prayer and then leave your burdens there. 
as if you really believe he's going to do something about all of that heavy stuff. He knows how heavy it is. He wants you to give it to him, to leave it there with him. First Peter 5, 7, you can look that up. Relying means something, right? Relying means something. Rely on him as you pray and leave your prayer time and your prayer time unburdened, lighter, because you're not relying on yourself or anybody other than the Lord God Almighty. Um, I'm going to share one more verse now from the New Testament book of Romans, which Paul wrote to the letter to the he wrote that letter to the church at Rome. It's uh, Romans 4:21, and I guess I think I'm going to. Re- it's actually it's the entire verse is what I'm going to read to you, but this verse is actually the second portion of a sentence that began in verse 20. So if it sounds like I'm only reading part of it, I I kind of am, but I'm reading all of this verse, Romans 4:21, and I'm going to read from the Amplified this time being fully convinced that God had the power to do what he had promised. When you pray, be fully convinced that God has the power to do what he has promised. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be easy. At least it may not be super easy at first, right? But the more you pray with this as your belief, you believe this, that God is not lying to you about these promises because it's impossible for God to lie. He isn't withholding good things from you because this word says that you will yet see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's here on earth, my friend. When you pray as a man or a woman or a child, a young person, you know, a child, children can pray mighty powerful prayers, who's fully convinced that God has the power to do all that he has promised and all means all. And he does, he does indeed. Yes, indeed. He has that power. You're going to be praying differently. So when you pray, be fully convinced that God has the power to do what he has promised. Fully convinced. You be fully convinced when you pray. Have you ever heard somebody who prays out loud? You're in some setting and they're praying out loud and you think, whoa, man, they've got so much faith and they just seem to have so much authority when they pray. You know, they may be praying in belief, in reliance, in trust with the authority that comes from Jesus. Most likely they are. You know, we don't have authority to tell the devil anything. No, not nothing on our own. But when we pray in Jesus' authority for his kingdom to come and his will to be done right here, right now, just as it is in heaven. Like there's no delay. When God wants something done in heaven, it gets done. There's no delay. When we pray for that kind of of um, result here on earth, according to his will, we're using the authority he gave us and we're using it rightly. You can pray for people to be healed of physical illness. And I'm not talking about just a head cold. You can pray for cancer, blindness, heart issues, lung issues, not just for hangnails and the things that seem quote unquote safe to ask for healing about. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there, right? Pray for people to come to know the Lord personally so they can be freed from the ravages of a life of sin. And it does ravage you. Let's be honest, it does. They can have eternal hope that changes everything. Pray for that. Pray for God to open doors for you in your specific life, in your specific realm and circle of influence, where you can speak into the lives of people who need to know about God. Pray for blessings at your workplace so that you have a platform not a stage, a platform. We're not up in front of people being all ritzy glitzy and showing off. It's a platform so we can influence people for the kingdom to talk about the goodness of your God when people ask you. You know, there are some places where 
you, because of HR rules and things and just the world we live in, you can't run around telling everybody about Jesus. Sometimes they have to ask you first and then you can answer fully and completely and totally and you're totally safe with um, the HR department, right? Well, pray for that to happen, for them to see something in you and to ask a question and then you can answer. And when you pray, stay fully, not partially, but fully convinced that God has the power to do what he has promised. Stay fully convinced. It's his promise. It's his promise. It's his word. So just ask him to do what he said he wants to do. And be thankful. Be thankful when you pray. A thankful heart, that attitude of gratitude, it is so valuable in the sight of God and man. In both God's eyes and man's eyes. Do you prefer to be around thankful people? Or do you like being around super grumpy, cranky, complaining people? That's a silly question. I know the answer. You know the answer. So, okay, so... um. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up in a moment for this episode, but I do want to leave a couple of things with you here as I close. You know, prayer is big. Prayer is, it's not, I want it to be more in your life and mine than just by rote at bedtime and before dinner. Uh, you know, we say the same thing every dinner. We say the same thing every night before bed, and that's all our praying. Prayer is so big. It's an incredible gift that God has blessed us with. Prayer is asking for sure it absolutely is. It's also expecting an answer because as I mentioned at the very tippy top beginning intro of this episode, it's a language, it's communication. So it's asking and it's receiving. You know, people, when Jesus walked on the earth, think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and a little bit of Acts. Nobody went to Jesus in the gospels and asked and then didn't expect an answer. They didn't ask and then like walk away. Don't even wait for an answer here because I don't think he's going to answer. That would have been crazy. Is it not just as crazy that we pray that way? Nobody went to Jesus asking and then just walked away saying, I don't expect an answer. Nobody goes to their boss with a really important question. This is super important. And then they just walk out of the boss's office expecting nothing in reply. Prayer is asking, but don't forget you also need to expect an answer. You ought to expect an answer or you need to evaluate your prayer life, your own heart and say, ooh, I'm... I'm not really believing, am I, Lord? Or whatever the issue might be. Um, maybe you're just impatient and you rush around and you're used to prayer and then the, you, you pray, but you don't wait much for an answer. You don't expect an answer. You're not good at the still part. Get good at the still part. Turn off the radio on the drive to work. You don't have to have Spotify on. You can just listen. You could just listen, right? I mean, practice this. Listen as you're falling asleep at night when it's quiet and dark. Don't just let your mind wander about tomorrow's tasks or uh, try to just get, you know, force yourself into getting to sleep quicker. Go to sleep, go to sleep. Some people, like if they're not asleep in 90 seconds, they're really angry and they get out of bed and stomp around. Uh, Usually that goes away as you get a little older, but um, that's a normal thing. Listen, use that time to listen to the Lord. Listen to me and then listen to the Lord. So prayer is asking. It's also expecting an answer. You know, this is the living God you are talking to. He's alive And I doubt very much that he wants you to leave your prayer time expecting little to nothing after you conversed with the living God. Yeah, I've got a whole lot more uh, about prayer that I could mention, but um, I think I'm going to, yeah, looking at my time, um, yeah, we're going to roll up on half hour here. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to that in the next episode because there's so much more to share about prayer. Um, I'll share some more verses with you. Remember that prayer is asking and receiving. Be a good listener. Be a good listener. And if you would like to enroll in my audio course on Psalm 91, Pray It and Believe It, you can do that at hero.fm. That's H-I-R-O dot F-M forward slash channel 
forward slash Psalm 91 Pray It Believe course with Jan L. Burt. I will put that link at the top of the show notes for easy access and you can find it at my website, which is my name, J-A-N, middle initial L, last name B-U-R-T dot com. Thanks so much for listening today, and I would love it if you would join me in that course. Pray big today. Remember that our God is in the prayer answering business right now. His love for you, it knows no bounds. Ask him for what you need. Pray for others who need what only he can give. And pray for your church family. Do that. I mean, what will ever come badly into your church family's life by you praying for them. Pray for your pastor. He has a very tough, unique calling. Pray for him. Pray for the entire pastoral staff for God's favor and blessing and protection and times of refreshment and renewal, um, wisdom, right? I mean, he's teaching you, so pray for him. Pray for your children to just grow so much in the love of the Lord. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your coworkers. Pray for your neighbors. Pray rely on him. And I mean it when I say pray for your spouse. One of the best things I get to do on a daily basis is pray for my husband. And when I see those prayers answered and I see the load taken off of him, I see kind of more lightness in his step. I see him trusting the Lord more because of answered prayers. I see people at his workplace being drawn to him because the light of Christ shines through him. Ah, that's a gift for me. And I'm the one who did the praying and he gets a gift too. So pray for your spouse, pray, rely on the Lord and see him do great things in your midst because you took the time to pray. Pray, my friend. All right. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Burt Not Ernie show. I will catch you back here in a few days. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day, and remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.